0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC.
1: Empty Set Entertainment presents Slay, created by Scott Sigler. This story is intended for mature audiences only. Listener discretion is advised. Howdy, Junkie. Welcome to Slay episode number 10. I think things are starting to come together in this grand experiment known as Slay. I have done a rough outline for the rest of season one. Looks like it should be a bunch of fun. You will laugh. You will cry. You will love me. You will hate me. The usual. The main pieces are still being put on the chessboard, so to speak. You haven't seen everything yet. But I kind of know where things are going. I believe the end is going to be typical whiz-bang, Sigler stuff. Over-the-top action, craziness, uh, just like most of my books. Not much news in the publishing world for us right now. A secret project of ours has run aground somewhat. We're not sure if we'll be able to finish the job, which would be a bummer if we can't. Since I signed an NDA, I can't talk about the specifics of this job. I can only give generalities. While this isn't a movie or a TV show, the problems we are having are similar to the ones we had when we were pitching Nocturnal, even sold Nocturnal a couple of times a TV show, but it didn't pan out. There's a a constant press of people involved in the project when they buy it or when they hire you to write something in this business, where they come in and they want to put their ideas into it, which is totally cool. But sometimes the people hiring you to do a job don't know exactly what they want from the beginning. And it becomes an iterative process. And when that happens, they often make changes, frequently make changes, in the middle of the planning process. Now, of course, the planning process is where you want changes to be made. You want requests for changes to come in, for sure, before you commit to the actual writing or the actual principal photography, etc. But for this project, we've been in the outlining process for many months. Changes are still getting made. New ideas are being thrown in, ideas that often invalidate things the buyer specifically asked for earlier. So uh, it's 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 still a, it's an iterative process. We'll see where it goes. But that is the business when you write for someone else. The short version of the story, I'm in what's known as, quote, development hell, end quote. That is a handy Hollywood phrase. You can look that up. And I'm sure there are many stories far worse than what I'm going through. but It's a general term meaning... This project is sort of ready to go, but there's all of these different facets that come into play to stop it from actually becoming a project. In other news, I'm writing another short story for a Jonathan Mayberry project, so hopefully y'all will dig that. That one is also secret. Lots of secrets these days. Should be able to announce what it is in a few months. For now, though, we are going to dive right back into Slay. Let me get you caught up on the story, and then we're all going to go fill out change requests in triplicate. Previously on Slay. Lincoln brought Ariella Goldsmith back to the old stone church. Ariella's only chance at surviving Kalista's wrath is to take shelter under Lincoln's roof. But that also means becoming roomies with Magda Magdalene, a culture clash that's sure to ruffle a few feathers and not just the black plumes of shitbird. And now, episode 10 of Slay. Magda's rage nearly made her glow from within. What the fuck you mean we're going to go into business together and she's going to stay here for a while? This skinny bitch? Were you supposed to kill this skinny bitch, not bring her home like a goddamn stray cat? That shit was fine with Dragon, but this is different, Link. Dragon whizzed around and around Lincoln and Ariella in tightening circles, a long black thresher shark trying to pack prey into a bait ball to be licked and snuggled instead of eaten. Ariella shied away from the black street, moving closer to Lincoln for protection. Lincoln plugged in his motorcycle. Calista's after her. She's got nowhere else to go. She ain't got nowhere else to go? Magda threw up her hands in exasperation. Neither do we if we have to leave here because bounty hunters tear the church to pieces to get at her. Lincoln hadn't considered that. And yet, it was obvious. It was the first thing he should have considered, really. Sometimes, he had these blank spaces in his thoughts obvious stuff that didn't occur to him until someone pointed them out or until circumstances made them patently obvious. Lincoln slid his toe forward, got the timing, then flipped his foot up, gently launching Dragon into the air. The dog barked a rapid-fire, high-pitched bark. She loved playing this game. Then Lincoln caught her and tucked her under one arm like a football. Dragon's tail whipped against his ribs. Come on, Ariella, Lincoln said. I'll give you the tour. Magda stormed off through the nave doors. Lincoln scooched Dragon's head. The dog's tongue lolled as she looked up at him with adoration. Her tail blurred like the blades of a blender. Your roommate really knows how to roll out the welcome wagon, Ariella said. What's his story? Magda was a rixator. She ain't anymore. Just like you, Ariella said. Did you two fight together? They had. Lincoln and Magda had been a one-two punch that the bastion unleashed on the worst of the world, the island and the patchwork had to offer. They'd saved each other's lives more times than he could count. Yeah, Lincoln said. A little bit. Why'd she quit? Magda loved movies. One of her favorites was Gran Torino. In it, there is a scene where a very old Clint Eastwood asks some very young 'er ne'er-do-wells, ever notice you come across someone you shouldn't have fucked with? In the movie, Clint says, that's me. In real life, though, the person Magda and Lincoln shouldn't have fucked with went by the name Vestinian. We were ordered to kill someone, Lincoln said. Things didn't go as planned. Who was it? That's Magda's story to tell, if she wants to and she never does. Come on, let me. Dragon lurched upward, delivered a perfectly aimed lick right between Lincoln's open lips. He coughed and spit. That's disgusting, Ariella said. No kidding. I got it right on the roof of my mouth that time. Lincoln held Dragon toward Ariella. Give the dog a pet. She likes you. Dragon's tail whipped even faster. Her little black front paws stretched toward Ariella, a desperate effort to get closer to the woman. I don't like dogs, Ariella said. Lincoln laughed. You will. Dragon won't give you a choice. Ariella shouldered her backpack. Just give me the tour, then show me my room, all right? Lincoln set the dog down. Go get Magda. Dragon shot through the doggy door and into the nave. Watch your step around here, Lincoln said. A lot of the floorboards are rotten, especially the steps down to the basement, but we don't use that much. It flooded. Of course it did. This place positively drips with charm. He gave her the quick tour. There were a half dozen rooms, most of which were empty, victims of peeling wallpaper, crumbling plaster, and blackening lathe. One room, which had been the church's main office, apparently, had been converted to Magda's workshop, where she maintained Lincoln's weapons and armor. The pastors, or preachers, or reverends, Lincoln had no idea, desk was Magda's workbench, currently dominated by a disassembled Barrett M82 rifle, tools, rags, two prescription vials, one with codeine, the other with oxy, Magda alternated between them based on her pain level, and a two-thirds empty pint of Smirnoff. Lincoln took the pint And got three good swallows out of it before dropping the bottle in a trash can filled with dirty paper towels. That was like three shots worth, Ariella said. Yeah, it's a start. You're really going to get drunk right now? Yes, Lincoln said. And also as high as high gets. He showed her his room. The walls were mostly okay here, which was to say, slightly less crumbly than the other rooms. His bed was a mattress he'd set up on milk crates to get it a few inches above the cold stone floor and sometimes the wetness when it rained and water leaked in. Ariella's face showed she was less than impressed. He showed her Magda's closed door, but didn't open it. Magda's room was Magda's business. Then the bathroom's. The big ones on the ground floor that had stalls and sinks, the small one on the second floor that had the non-working shower. He'd show her the special feature of the men's room some other time. That's about it, Lincoln said. I saved the nave for last. That's where we spend most of our time. What about the bell tower? Lincoln paused. He'd been here long enough that the big old church had basically shrunk to the front door, his bed, the nave, the kitchen, and the bathrooms. He realized that he didn't even look at the tall, square, stone bell tower with its vertical windows, long since broken, and its round stone pillars at the corners, and its pointed roof, mostly burned through, thanks to some small fire probably started by a homeless person trying to survive a winter night. I can't access it, Lincoln said. Stairs are burnt out. Only dragon goes to the tower. If the stairs are burned out, how does the dog get up there? Lincoln shrugged. She's resourceful. I'll show you your room. He led Ariella down the uneven hall, each step bringing forth a creak of old wood, as if the church was quietly crying out for more people, for life, for energy. This one's all you, Lincoln said. He opened the wooden door, its paint peeling off in crannu chunks. Inside, a twelve-foot-by-twelve-foot room. Holes in the walls with piles of crumbled plaster on the floor below them. Windows boarded up from the inside. One old rug with a fist-sized spot of black mildew. The place smelled musty. It smelled wet. You've got to be kidding me, Ariella said. Yeah, yeah, there's a red roof in about two miles walk from here, Lincoln said. Bundle up, it's cold, and I wouldn't use your credit card if I was you. She silently seethed. A lack of options and a crime boss wanting your head made for a frustrating combo. What about a bed, at least? Ah, no bed. Lincoln should have thought of that. Sleep in the nave tonight, he said. Magda and I mostly crash there anyway. It doesn't leak as much as the other rooms. We'll figure out a bed for you tomorrow. Ariella's hand absently went to her necklace of lumpy, turquoise chunks. Lincoln noticed for the first time. There were bits of metal in there as well. Small charms and the like. You crash in the nave, she said. I'll take your bed for the night. That was fine. Lincoln was going to get so lit he'd probably pass out on the floor. He didn't care where he slept. They entered the nave. Lincoln foot-scooped dragon before the dog could start circling Ariella. The nave was the nicest room in the building, which was to say, not really all that nice, but it was where Lincoln and Magda had put in the most work. The projector connected to the old laptop gave them movies and YouTube up on the big screen hanging in front of the pulpit. The wide couch, on which sat a fuming Magda, and the table in front of it, on which rested her blue glass bong and a box of zigzags surrounded by crumbs of marijuana leaves left by half-hearted rolling attempts. Two padded chairs that had once been in front of the old office desk. Blankets on the couch and on every chair, both on the seat and draped over the back. That's a lot of blankets, Ariella said. It's freezing in here. Does the heat work? Sometimes, Lincoln said. Ceiling is so tall, though, it makes it hard to keep the place warm even when it does. Ariella glanced up at the peak ceiling. Once upon a time, those thick beams and that hard, flat surface had magnified the prayers and songs of the devout. Now, it mostly muddled the sound of whatever played on the big screen. What a pigsty, Ariella said. This place smells like stale bud light and a lack of education. She pointed around the room. Be a pong? Overflowing trash? Drug paraphernalia? You people live like this is a community college frat house on double-secret probation. Magda turned, looked over the back of the couch. You don't like it? Then get the fuck out. The two women were getting along so well already. How fun. Lincoln, Ariella said. I feel filthy from that ride here, and filthier still since I walked through your front doors. Were you serious that the shower is broken? Magda eagerly answered before he could. Shower's been broken for weeks, Miss Thang. Water heater too. You want to feel clean? An ice-cold horse bath should set you straight. Ariella glanced at Lincoln. I guess I should have also taken a shower before we left. Smart move. If it was a smart move, it was the only smart thing he had done all day. Magda sat up straighter. You took a shower? Anger burned in her eyes. You bring a stray home that's on Callista's kill list, which you didn't bother to ask me about. Tell me we're going into business with her, which you also didn't bother to ask me about. And on top of that, you took a fucking shower when you know damn well I can't? Magda was getting irrational. She wanted a fight? All right. She could have one. And what would you have done if I had called you, Mags? Hailed a cab? Taken a bus? Would you have actually gone outside? Magda's eyes narrowed and her lips pursed. That's a low blow, Link. It was, and he knew it. But she'd started the fight, not him. You think you can tell me what to do in my house? Lincoln was yelling now. He couldn't help it, and he didn't want to help it. You forget that you live here and don't contribute a penny to anything? Magda matched his volume. Don't contribute a penny? You ungrateful peckerwood! You think your weapons sharpen themselves? Your guns just stay clean all by themselves? Your armor fits perfectly every time just because? Lincoln was partially aware of Ariella quietly exiting the room shutting the door behind her, but only partially because Magda Magdalene had royally pissed him off. Ah, don't go breaking your arm, patting yourself on the back. He stormed past the couch and opened the dorm fridge. There were three beers in there, but also a half-empty fifth of Southern comfort. He opted for the latter, taking a big, burning swig. I could do all that stuff myself, and you know it. Not half as good as I can, And in twice the time, Magda shouted. And you know that. He took another pull. As he did, Magda started angrily packing the bong. This Ariella bitch is going to ruin our ride, Link. You should have fucking talked to me first. You know your big fat ass ain't the best in making decisions. My ass isn't fat, you scarred up couch potato. Well, it sure ain't svelte, Magda said, her eyes on the pipe. How you gain weight is beyond me, seeing as we barely even eat around here. She looked up at him. By the way, Rescue Ranger, you get the eggs like I asked? The eggs? God damn it! He had forgotten again. <laughs> you know what? Magda packed the bowl tighter. You've been hitting the head too many times. You got CTE for monster hunting. When you go senile from it and tapioca pudding is the highlight of your week, you better hope I'm still around. Fury threatened to overwhelm him. Why was she being like this? He could only put up with so much. Magda, you goddamn asshole. Let me tell you something. You— He saw movement out of the corner of his eye. Movement under the couch. The tiniest tip of a tiny dog's black tail. That tip was quivering. Lincoln knelt, put a hand on the floor, and looked under the couch. What he saw broke his heart. Mags, he said, his quiet voice a gear-crunching downshift from his angry screams. We're scaring dragon. Magda set the bong on the table. She looked under the couch, saw what Lincoln saw. Little dragon, hiding in the shadow, trembling with fear. Well, shit, Magda said. What's she scared of? Us, Lincoln said. We're yelling like assholes. Dragon doesn't like it when we yell. Magda huffed a humorous laugh. That dog? Afraid of us yelling? Imagine that. It was a comical thought, or would have been, were the cowering, trembling bit of black fluff not staring back at them, her shiny black eyes wide with fear and confusion. Lincoln reached out a hand. Come here, girl. Dragon didn't budge. Magda put her cheek on the floor, smiled reassuringly. It's okay, Mama, she said. Come on out. We won't yell no more. Dragon shrank away a few more inches. Lincoln's chest felt heavy and thick with regret. He had killed so many things he'd lost count and rarely lost any sleep over that yet a dog frightened of him made him feel like the worst person that had ever existed. He stood. "Ah, Leave Dragon be. She'll come out soon enough. All right, Magda said. And in her voice, Lincoln heard the same, why am I such an idiot, self-loathing. She stood, faced Lincoln. No more yelling. No more yelling, he said. Ariella walked back into the room, a cell phone in her hand. Magda plastered on a pretense smile, made her words full of pretend sweetness. Lincoln Franks, you big dumb fuck! You didn't take away her phone? He hadn't, obviously. He not only felt like an asshole for making his own dog terrified of him, he also felt like a moron for missing the obvious. Ariella, Lincoln said, keeping his voice level. Did you just call someone? A plumber will be here in 15 minutes, Ariella said. His name is Ted. He'll fix up the shower and see what else needs to be done. Lincoln felt heat flood his face. Ariella should have known better. Anyone with a brain should have known better. But above all, he should have known better. You fucking can't," Magnus said in a sing-song voice so as not to further disturb Dragon. Let me guess, skinny bitch, you gave Ted a credit card as a deposit for the work. Why don't you just get a stripper tat in neon that says, Come kill my dumb ass, then go stand in the front yard, get buck naked, and grab your ankles so the entire world can see it. Ariella rolled her eyes. Good Lord, I wasn't born yesterday. Lincoln told me I couldn't use credit cards or access my money. Magda pointed the cell phone in Ariella's hand. But you called him? If the bad guys can trace your money, you don't think they can trace your calls? Ariella touched the necklace hanging around her neck. She shimmered, then she changed. Black hair became red. Blue eyes became brown. Her face widened slightly. Even her clothes changed from stylish uptown lawyer to dowdy office worker. Ariella Goldsmith didn't make the call. She said Patty McTash did. On Patty McTash's phone. Ted will do whatever Patty asks him to do because Patty once represented him pro bono and got him out of some serious trouble. Ted owes Patty. A lot of people owe Patty. And a lot of people owe Marguerite Dufresne. Her visage shifted again, this time becoming a stern faced blonde with gray roots. And also Esme Wilkinson Standish as well. The woman that stood there now was suddenly two inches shorter and several dress sizes larger. Veneriella. Loud makeup, heavy blue eyeshadow, a head of silver curls. The bitch works magic, Magda said. You a weaver, girl? Esme Wilkerson Standish shook her head. I'm good with charmed objects, she said. I can't weave. I can't even spin. Magda crossed her arms. You think a little shape-shifting toy you found in a box of fucking cracker jacks is gonna stop Kalista for long? What are you going to do when she finds out where you are? In a flash, Ariella Goldsmith returned. By the time Kalista finds out, I'll have her hands tied legally, she said. She won't be able to move on Lincoln or his domicile. Legally? Magda shook her head. Kalista is a criminal to begin with. She'll send hitters here to kill you, kill Lincoln, kill me, and pop probably kill Dragon. But there won't be no John Wick's revenge for the dog, because we'll all be fucking dead. Ariella smiled. Know who would investigate an assault on, and potentially, the murder of, an ex rixator? Or possibly two rixators? Lincoln hadn't thought of that. Should have, but he hadn't. The Bastion, he said. Ariella nodded. That's right. If you think Kalista wants the Bastion digging into things, think she wants them to find out she ordered a hit on two ex-Rixitors? Think she wants to take on a dozen Rixitors and a and maybe even a monk or two? Kalista is powerful, but you think she wants that kind of heat? If Callista made a move, maybe that wouldn't happen. But then again, maybe it would. From what Lincoln knew of Kalista, the threat of the bastion coming after her was plenty to keep her at bay. At least for a little while. Legal shit, Magda said, the words sliding out of her mouth like they tasted bad. You better know it, and know it good. Ariella smirked. Don't worry, Martha Stewart, I know it. Lincoln, show me where the water heater is, then you and your oh-so-welcoming roomy stay in the chapter room of Lambda 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 here while I take care of business. With that, Ariella stepped out, slamming the door shut behind her. Lincoln and Magda stared after her for a moment. She's a real piece of work, Magda said. Lincoln nodded. Yeah, seems so. I better show her the heater before Ted gets here. Wait, you want to get high real quick first? Lincoln did. He did it that. Fire it up, he said. Magda reached for her bong. You have been listening to Slay, created and read by Scott Sigler. Copyright 2023, Empty Set Entertainment. For more information on the author and more books, visit scottsigler.com. Theme music is the song They're Watching Me by the band Super Weapon.